One of the most powerful weapons at the deep state's disposal is big psychiatry. Yep. Stay tuned and I'll tell you more. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Behind the Deep State. I'm your host, Alex Newman for the New American Magazine. And today I want to talk about big psychiatry. Uh, and you know, I, I don't mean this as an attack on all psychiatrists or all people who have real or imagined uh, psychiatric disorders. I recognize that there are uh, things that go on with people's minds that we don't really have a good explanation of. But uh, psychiatry is being and has been weaponized by the deep state in a horrific fashion. Uh, and it is now potentially one of the most powerful weapons in the deep state's arsenal for eliminating, for persecuting, for targeting, for imprisoning anyone who opposes their agenda. Now, we all know what the monsters ruling over the Soviet Union did with psychiatry. They would label anybody who was opposed to communism as mentally ill and lock them up in psychiatric institutions, because by definition, if you opposed communism, you must be mentally ill. How could you possibly oppose communism? You must be crazy. And so they would lock these poor dissidents up in these barbarous so-called mental hospitals and asylums and electrocute them and perform lobotomies and torture them and strap them to beds and uh, drug them with uh, chemical straight jackets. It, it was uh, absolutely horrific. And folks, this continues to happen in China today. And China is far from the only place where psychiatry is abused as a weapon to silence opponents of the regime, to silence dissidents, and to silence people who question the narrative being peddled by the government. In fact, right here in our own country, this is happening more and more. Uh, a very prominent doctor in Maine who was speaking out against the COVID tyranny and the injections was actually subjected to an involuntary psychiatric investigation in the state of Maine uh, at the order of authorities. Uh, the same thing actually happened to uh, UN whistleblower Pavel Beng Jensen, who we did a, a recent episode on uh, Behind the Deep State on just uh, a few weeks ago, uh, when he started exposing the communist infiltration of the United Nations, the uh, communist infiltration of the U.S. delegation. Uh, he was ordered to undergo a psychiatric evaluation because, hey, there can't be anything wrong with the U.N. You must be crazy for suggesting that there is something wrong with the U.N. And folks, Wait a moment and we'll get to the U.N. The U.N. is now building a global mental health regime that I can guarantee you, if not stopped, will be used by the deep state New World Order cabal to silence and terrorize and persecute dissidents. Uh, we see it coming to America right now in the state of Georgia. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, the governor signed this massive, monstrous so-called mental health bill. Uh, we interviewed actually uh, three state legislators who opposed this, and they pointed out that uh, this would uh, allow uh, force uh, funding for uh, transgender surgeries, uh, for pedophilia. Uh, it would result in massive new attacks on the right to keep and bear arms, huge subsidies to the evil pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, the same people who peddled these COVID injections. Uh, just on every level, this thing was an atrocity. Vast new powers for the government. Of course, the Democrats loved it and the Republicans went along with it. Stacey Abrams, the, the deep state toady down in Georgia, couldn't believe it. She was so giddy about how Republicans had supported this crazy policy. Now, we've seen this in quote unquote fiction, too. 
Right, in, uh, in the book Brave New World by Aldous Huxley, uh, anybody who wasn't totally content with the bizarre totalitarian rule that existed, where all your decisions were monitored, everything was planned for you, uh, government would grow babies in a laboratory, anybody who, who had any sense of human emotion and said there's something wrong with this uh, would be put on Soma, this kind of pill, the happy pill that everything would be fine when you took Soma. Now, uh, Aldous Huxley is often regarded as a kind of a science fiction writer who was just kind of warning us about the possibility of future totalitarianism, but he wasn't. Uh, he actually talked about a scientific uh, dictatorship. I want you to hear this clip. You're talking about a world that could take place within the confines of a totalitarian state. Hmm. Let's become more immediate, more urgent about it. We believe, anyway, that we live in democracy here in the United States. Do you believe that this brave new world that you talk about uh, could, let's say in the next quarter century, the next century, could come here to our shores? I think it could. I mean, I, I, that's why I feel it's so extremely important here and now to start thinking about these problems, not to let ourselves be taken by surprise by the uh, new advances in technology. I mean, the, for example, in, in regard to the use of the, of the drugs, we know there's enough evidence now for us to be able, on the basis of this evidence, and using a certain amount of creative imagination, to foresee the kind of uses which could be made in a, uh, by people of bad will with these things, uh, and to attempt to, to forestall this. And in the same way, I think, with these other methods of uh, propaganda, we can foresee and we can do a good deal to forestall. I mean, after all, the price of freedom is eternal vigilance. All right, folks, that's uh, Aldous Huxley. And, you know, he sounded like he had some concerns about this. I've got another quote from him here. Uh, he says, uh, there will be in the next generation or so a pharmacological method of making people love their servitude and producing dictatorship without tears, so to speak, producing a kind of painless concentration camp for entire societies so that people will, in fact, have their liberties taken away from them, but will rather enjoy it because they're distracted from any desire to rebel by propaganda, brainwashing, or brainwashing enhanced by pharmacological methods. This seems to be the final revolution. And indeed, it is, folks. This is ultimately what these people are going for. And if you know anything about Aldous Huxley, you know him and his brother both um, were at the cutting edge of promoting the kind of policies that would lead us to this brave new world. In fact, his brother was the first head of UNESCO, the UN Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. He was also the head of the Eugenics Society and the Humanist Association, which, of course, rejects God, rejects creation, rejects the Bible, uh, and tries to find meaning in collectivism and so on. So that's what these people were about. Now, uh, in, in modern parlance, and in fact, we've had this for decades, we've had uh, militaries and even the elites talking about mental and emo emotional manipulation as, uh, quote-unquote, perception management, even scientific coercion. Uh, more recently, we've had this concept introduced of nudging, where uh, governments should, rather than using outright coercion and causing people to rebel, they should nudge people, they should manipulate people into making the kind of choices that they want made. Uh, one of the leading advocates of this was uh, Obama's regulatory czar, Cass Sunstein, uh, a wackadoodle of the highest order, if there ever one uh, was when he wanted a tax on conspiracy theories and cognitive infiltration of conspiracy theory groups on the internet. Um, unbelievable wackadoodle. Uh, and yet these people are operating at the highest levels, folks, of our legal system, of our psychiatric and our medical systems. Uh, they believe very much in behavior modification, behavioral psychology. It is now totally ubiquitous in the field of education. 
Uh, and there's a long history of trying to embed this psychiatry into literally everything, folks. Uh, they wanted psychiatry to permeate everything. Uh, and actually, uh, back in the, in the 1940s, in the year 1940, a speech at the National Council for Mental Hygiene by Dr. John Rawlings Reese, a very prominent uh, individual in this field, uh, he said that the, the goal was to ensure that psychiatry would permeate every educational activity of national life. Uh, he wanted it to infiltrate, and I'm quoting here, infiltrate the professional and social activities of all people. Okay. Uh, he, he ended his talk like this. He said, though our knowledge be incomplete, I think we must imitate the totalitarians and organize some kind of fifth column activity. Uh, and folks, that's what they're doing. And, you know, recently there's been some scandal because the American Psychiatric Association uh, has been peddling a pedophilia now as a sexual orientation, as a mental disorder. Uh, they did have to back down from that. Um, you know, a lot of psychiatrists spoke out uh, regarding the fifth edition of their Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. It's called the DSM-5. Uh, it's basically the Bible of psychiatrists. Um, and they described pedophilia as a sexual orientation. So they had to back down. Uh, the APA ended up issuing a statement saying, oh, it was a mistake. Sorry about that. Uh, they said, and I'm quoting here, sexual orientation is not a term used in the diagnostic criteria for pedophilic disorder, and its use in the DSM-5 text uh, discussion is an error and should read sexual interest. In fact, APA considers pedophilic disorder a paraphilia, not a sexual orientation. This error will be corrected in the electronic version of the DSM-5 and the next printing of the manual. So, okay, they got caught. But I think this gives you some real insight, folks, into how psychiatry works. Um, these are not like actual disorders that you can verify in a laboratory, you know, with a broken bone, you could do an x-ray and you can see that it's broken. And, you know, we know how to fix a broken bone. Uh, it's not like an infection where you can do a blood test and see, okay, elevated white blood cell count. He must have a, some sort of infection somewhere. Uh, this has no resemblance to that. The way the, uh, the, the DSM is concocted is you have these psychiatrists come together and they vote on stuff. They vote on what should be a mental disorder, what the definition of the mental disorder should be, how it should be treated, quote unquote almost always with, um, you know, big money for big pharma. Uh, so it, it's a very dangerous process, folks. And it's amazing. They could just say one day, oh, pedophilia is a sexual orientation. Oh, everybody's mad. Just kidding. No, it's not a sexual orientation. I mean, this is not science, folks. This is preposterous. And yet this is the danger, right? There's no objective criteria for any of this. They can say anything is a mental disorder. And if they can get enough psychiatrists to agree, presto, you have a mental disorder. And if the treatment is locking you up and shocking you or who knows what else they might want to do, then hey, big psychiatry has spoken. It's in the DSM-5. You can't challenge the DSM-5. Who do you think you are? Now, the globalists in the deep state have understood this clearly, folks. Uh, the same totalitarian madmen who locked down the world for COVID uh, over the last couple of years are now promoting and implementing global mental health schemes. Uh, in fact, the World Health Organization adopted a quote unquote comprehensive mental health action plan 2013 to 2020 back in May of 2013. Uh, in 2019, this action plan was extended until 2030 uh, at the uh, 70. Second, uh, World Health Assembly. These are the kind of the governments that get together uh, and vote on stuff for the World Health Organization. Uh, and then in uh, 2021, last year, the 74th World Health Assembly endorsed these updates to the plan uh, that make it even more radical, even more extreme. Um, yeah, I want to quote from here. This is what they say. Uh, on their website, they say that uh, this updated comprehensive mental health action plan 2013-2020 builds upon its predecessor and sets out clear actions for member states. That means governments, national governments, right? So the World Health Organization is setting clear actions 
for member states. That includes the United States of America, also the WHO Secretariat and International Regional National Partners to promote mental health and well-being for all, to prevent mental health conditions for those at risk, and to achieve universal coverage for mental health services. And that sounds cute until you realize what they're actually talking about. Uh, they go on to say that while the updated action plan includes new and updated indicators and implementation options, the original four major objectives remain unchanged. More effective leadership and governance for mental health, the provision of comprehensive integrated mental health and social care services in community-based settings, a bunch of word salad, with, you know, meaning basically uh, we're going to bring this right to you with social workers, with the, your school system, everything. And then uh, implementation for of strategies for promotion and prevention, and then strengthened information systems, evidence, and research. So we've got to gather lots of data. And folks, they are doing this at the youngest levels in your child's school. They're filling out surveys. They're doing mental health profiling. They're building databases. And remember, folks, this World Health Organization literally run by a Marxist terrorist. He literally sat on the Politburo of a ethno-Marxist terror group called the Tigray People's Liberation Front, an Ethiopian Marxist terror group. And it's been labeled a terror group by numerous different sources, including governments. Um, so this is the World Health Organization we're talking about that's going to run your mental health. I would say that serving on the Politburo of an ethno-Marxist terrorist group is evidence of a severe mental health disorder. And yet the guy who served on the Politburo of the ethno-Marxist terrorist group is now going to run the organization that's supposedly going to implement the global mental health plans. And if you go on the World Health Organization's websites, folks, you'll see all over the place, they expect national and even subnational governments to adopt these policies pronto, immediately, without asking questions. Now, uh, the, this problem has been going on from the beginning of the WHO. In fact, the very first head of the World Health Organization, Brock Chisholm, as widely reported to have said, uh, and I'm quoting here, to achieve world government, it is necessary to remove from the minds of men their individualism, their loyalty to family traditions, and national identification. Uh, later, in a speech to the World Federation of Mental Health in 1946, he argued that uh, that we need freedom from morality and eventual eradication of right and wrong. He said that this uh, traditional upbringing was making children ill. Uh, and he went on to say, and I'm quoting here, if the race is to be freed of its crippling burden of good and evil, it must be psychiatrists who take the original responsibility. Uh, and so, you know, this is one of the main things that psychiatry and even psychology have done for a long time, right? People feel guilt about sin. God has has given us, uh, he's written his laws in our heart and he's given us a sense of guilt. He's given us a conscience so that when we do something evil, uh, we feel guilty about it. Well, we feel guilty about it. And in the modern world, we're told, oh, you need to go to a psychiatrist. You have anxiety disorder. You have depression. You have some this, that, or the other. And you go to the psychiatrist and, and they say, oh, you must have something wrong with you. It's not that you have a guilty conscience because you've been sinning because you've been doing evil things, uh, it's that you have some chemical imbalance. Here, have some very expensive uh, psychotropic drugs that are going to change the way your brain works, and then you're going to feel all better about yourself. Because see, there is no right and wrong. That's just crude religious superstition. Now, in the modern era, you just got to take a pill and you will feel all better. Folks, this is what they're up to, okay? Uh, and the World Health Organization leading this charge is literally seeking to become a global government. We actually just interviewed uh, Dr. Astrid Stuckelberger, a wonderful, wonderful lady who worked with the World Health Organization, the World Bank. Uh, uh, she's got a PhD in uh, population health. She's the leading expert in this. And she said, look, what the WHO is doing here is becoming a global government. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that we see on the surface of this, uh, they're coming up with this uh, amendments to this pandemic 
Pandemic Treaty, uh, amendments to the international health regulations of 2005 that, uh, according to the World Health Organization and many of its member states, these are binding on member states when they're adopted. No, our U.S. Senate is not going to have to ratify this. It's going to be considered ratified automatically because they're just amendments to previous uh, international agreements. Um, this is incredibly, incredibly dangerous, folks, incredibly dangerous. Uh, and this is what they're working on right now. Now, I mentioned how psychiatry is not like a legitimate medical discipline like other uh, medical disciplines, right? Uh, it's a totally different animal. And I don't mean this as a knock on all psychiatrists. In fact, I know some who are wonderful people. We've interviewed some wonderful psychiatrists uh, uh, at the New American. In fact, I, I just had one on Conversations That Matter recently talking about what was going on uh, in Virginia. So, uh, you know, this is not a knock on all psychiatrists. There's many wonderful ones. And in fact, I'll quote a few. Uh, a decade ago, I, I first caught wind of what was going on. And uh, this was when the uh, the DSM was being updated. And psychiatrists all over the world, to their credit, were speaking out. They said, this is crazy what you guys are doing here. And so I want to emphasize again, uh, unlike in conventional medicine, where you have an objective diagnosis and a treatment uh, made based on that objective uh, biological evidence, uh, psychiatrists are literally getting together and voting on what they think ought to be considered a mental illness. Uh, obviously, they don't always agree. That's why they have to vote. Uh, and at the last update, a decade ago, uh, you had more than 13,000 mental health professionals from all over the world signing an open letter saying, look, you have to put this thing on hold. You have to reconsider this. This is crazy. It's going to discredit our profession. You've got to stop doing this. Um, now, when you realize that the, whatever these people write in the DSM uh, will impact the lives of countless millions of people around the world, you realize how serious it is. When these people invent new diseases um, and, and invent new treatments for these new diseases that they've invented... That will impact the lives of millions and millions of people. Uh, in fact, under the uh, changes that were being proposed a decade ago, tens of millions of people might have just woken up one day to find out they were actually addicts under the new definition of addiction. So uh, this is not based in objective science. This is based on the voting of psychiatrists. Now, these uh, proposed uh, changes also would have affected welfare programs, criminal law, even education. Uh, and again, uh, people don't understand that psychiatry doesn't work like traditional medicine does. So they've got this uh, DSM, they call it. It's like their Bible. And uh, when you look at the changes that they were proposing to make, some of them ended up coming out because so many people were speaking out about it. But uh, when you look at the changes they were going to make, they could have diagnosed almost everybody on planet Earth with some sort of mental illness. And uh, depending on who you talk to, there are many psychiatrists today who say virtually every person walking on the planet could fit into one of these categories somewhere. Uh, so uh, clinical psychologist Lucy Johnstone uh, with a health board in Wales said this to Reuters, uh, the DSM is wrong in principle based as it is on redefining a whole range of understandable reactions to life circumstances as illnesses, which then become a target for toxic medications heavily promoted by the pharmaceutical industry. Big Pharma, the same clowns that brought you the COVID injections. Uh, she goes on to say that the DSM project cannot be justified in principle or in practice. It must be abandoned so that we can find a more humane and effective ways of responding to mental distress. Boy, couldn't agree more. Also, uh, another leading uh, psychiatrist, actually a professor of psychiatry at Duke University, Professor Alan Francis, uh, he told the New York Times that, that what this DSM, this updated DSM was going to do was going to create false epidemics and increase the medicalization of everyday behavior. Uh, he said that the DSM is distinct from all other diagnostic manuals because it has an enormous, perhaps too large, impact on society and millions of people's lives. He says, unlike many other fields, psychiatric illnesses have no clear biological 
neurological gold standard for diagnosing them. Now, this is a guy who worked on previous illnesses, uh, previous editions of the DSM, guys. This is not somebody who's anti-psychiatry. It's not somebody who doesn't know anything about the field. It's one of the leading experts. Um, one of the examples he gave was uh, uh, this uh, DSM-5 promoting a general diagnostic inflation that will result in mislabeling of millions of people as mentally disordered. And uh, one of the, the examples that came up a lot was this idea of, a, of an attenuated psychosis syndrome. Uh, if it had been approved, this would have been used to label and treat people who might possibly someday develop a mental illness. People who are at risk, supposedly, of de developing a mental illness in the future. Can you believe that, folks? You, you might be diagnosed and treated for the potential of you eventually possibly getting a mental illness. This is crazy, folks. Uh, another one. Uh, speaking of crazy, another one, uh, mixed anxiety depressive disorder. This would have created a new mental illness, and uh, this would be people who exhibit mild symptoms of both depression and anxiety. Do you sometimes feel sad? Did you recently lose a loved one? Do you sometimes feel anxiety when you go to work and you don't know if you're in trouble? Well, you might have mixed anxiety depressive disorder. And it sounds so fancy. It sounds so formal. It sounds like these people know what they're talking about. Yes, doctor, I guess if my insurance will pay for the $500 a month medication, I guess I'll take it. Right? And folks, we won't even get into the dangers of these medications. We've interviewed people on that. So many of these medications are incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Uh, another thing they wanted to do with this DSM was uh, revise and expand the definition of addiction. Uh, one of the changes that could have been the most far-reaching of all, it would have drastically lowered the threshold for what constitutes an addiction, possibly making tens of millions of people into addicts almost overnight. Even excessive gambling would have been labeled an addiction for the first time. Uh, they also came up with a new category of addiction called behavioral addiction, not otherwise specified, which basically, do you use the internet too much? Do you do too much shopping? Do you play a lot of video games? You might be an addict, okay? And you probably need medicine, okay? This is crazy, folks. And uh, yes, pun absolutely intended. Um, that's where they're going with this, folks. Uh, they want to label everything a psychiatric disorder so that at any time, anybody who objects to any of this madness can be labeled and medicalized and locked up and tortured and all the rest of it. Um, uh, another guy who, who spoke out on this, a uh, psychiatric epidemiologist, Thomas Babor at the University of Connecticut, says the chances of getting a diagnosis are going to be much greater, and this will artificially inflate the statistics considerably. Now, who would benefit from that? Oh, yeah, big pharma. Oh, yeah, the psychiatric industry. Oh, yeah, the totalitarians who want to silence people who disagree with them. Uh, he went on to say that these sorts of diagnoses could be a real embarrassment. You think? Okay. All that, guys, happened a decade ago. That was in 2012. That was the same year that the World Health Organization Executive Board released this resolution saying uh, it was actually called the global burden of mental disorders and the need for a comprehensive, coordinated response. Uh, this document called for collaborations between national governments and the World Health Organization to develop a comprehensive mental health action plan for the world. Okay. This is what they were up to, guys. And uh, right before that happened, uh, these two psychiatrists and doctors, uh, uh, what's his name, Vikram Patel and Judith Bass, uh, they, they put out a call for a people's charter for mental health. They said, the time has come for recognition at the highest levels of global development, namely the UN General Assembly, the urgent need for a global strategy to address the global burden of mental, neurological, and substance abuse disorders. What do you think of the idea of having Kim Jong-un, Robert Mugabe, Fidel, Castro, Saddam Insane, Muammar Gaddafi, you know, pick your lunatic dictator sitting around a big table and saying, hmm, who is mentally ill? What kind of 
things can we do with a global mental health plan? Oh, you like freedom? Oh, you're definitely mentally ill. Oh, you don't like global? Oh, definitely mentally ill. You don't like wealth redistribution? Oh, totally mentally ill. We'll call that uh, oppositional defiant disorder. Oh, wait, no, that name's already taken. We'll come up with a new one, right? Folks, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And that's why the deep state is going full blown with it. Now, remember, the World Health Organization, these are the same clowns that wanted to take people out of their home for COVID with a 99.9% survival rate. Watch Dr. Michael Ryan of the World Health Organization, their director of emergencies, talking about what they'll do for you if they think you have COVID and you're in your home. In some senses, transmission has been taken off the streets and pushed back into family units. Now we need to go and look in families to find those people who may be sick and remove them and isolate them in a, in a safe and dignified manner. All right, guys. The UN is a collection of gangsters, psychopaths, mass murderers, and other assorted criminals. The last people on planet Earth who should be determining who is and who is not mentally ill are the psychopaths running many of the world's governments today. People like Xi Jinping, Winnie the Pooh, uh, whatever his name is, the guy running China, uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, uh, Joe Biden, for crying out loud. I mean, are you kidding me, folks? These are the people who are going to set out a global mental health plan for us? And I wouldn't trust these people to clean toilets, much less to come up with a global mental health plan that's going to decide who is mentally ill and who is not. Folks, this is incredibly dangerous. All over the world today, these gangsters are still using psychiatric labels and psychiatry to imprison and torture dissidents, giving the United Abominations, the United Nations, the power to govern mental health would be absolutely insane. It'd be worse than giving a pyromaniac the keys to the fire department and making him the fire chief. I can't think of anybody less suited to doing this than the United Abominations. Folks, we got to expose big psychiatry. We got to resist all this. If you've got problems, open up your Bible, talk to a pastor or a priest or a rabbi, um, you know, do some exercise, start eating healthier. But for goodness sake, don't let the UN create a global mental health regime that will be weaponized and used and abused to silence all of us. I'm Alex Newman. This is Behind the Deep State. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, God bless you all. If you enjoyed this video, please make sure to subscribe, hit like, hit that little bell so that you'll be notified whenever we post new videos. And also, please make sure to share this video with your friends. Email is a great way to do it. Remember, there are powerful forces working to steal our freedom and destroy our country. We need to work together, expose those behind the deep state. Otherwise, you can kiss your liberties goodbye.